What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Get Over Yourself podcast, a podcast dedicated to self-development, self-improvement, and helping you achieve the goals that you've laid forth in your life. I'm your podcast host, Brandon Davis, and in today's episode, I'm bringing on guest speaker, Brett Hill. Brett has an extraordinary experience that he would like to share on today's episode of the podcast. It kind of stems back from a time where he was in college and he discovered that the limits of what humans can achieve and how their quality of lives is dependent on the ability to communicate well. Brett, as we jump into the episode today, he's going to be discussing some of his expertise, some of the things that he's seen in his life on how he can personally improve himself as well as help others improve. And we're just going to be chit-chatting back and forth about some of those topics and how we can all learn to communicate just a little bit better in our daily lives. So, Brett, thank you for joining us here today on the episode. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Is there anything, uh, just before we jump full force into it, is there any fun fact you'd like the audience to know about you? Oh, gosh. Um, hey, I, I used to um, sing and play guitar, and I, I worked my way through college doing that professionally. It was, it was a ton of fun. Most people don't know that about me. Do, uh, like at bars or just on the yeah, side of the yeah, road? Or? Yeah, yeah. You know, you go into the bar, and then there's a, some, some guy up on stage playing something weird. That was me. That's <laughs> well, there you go. Hey, it pays for college, right? That's what you got to get through. Yeah. Oh, totally. It totally was perfect. Love it. it. Where'd you go to college, by the way, Brett? Oklahoma University. Oklahoma University. There you go. So playing at the bars to get through Oklahoma University. I yeah, it was it. the only one I could afford. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up there. And so I had the in-state tuition and, and it was, you know, I couldn't afford anything else. So. Well, perfect. Perfect. Well, guys, with all that being said, we look forward to having you on today's episode, and let's jump into it. So, Brett, you've been kind of going into some coaching for the past little bit in your life here. And you consider yourself a mindfulness coach. What does that mean to you? And kind of what do you do in your daily life regarding mindfulness? Well, I help people learn to be more present with their day-to-day life and, and help them kind of explore uh, as gracefully as I can. Uh, what's what's it like to be you? You know what I mean? It's sort of like we're so busy these days. Everybody is so jamming busy that we just don't take time to actually figure out how does this body, how does this neurology, how does my brain, how are my emotions, how is all that actually working for me? You know, like getting under the hood of your car and kind of tuning it up a little bit. It's like people don't ever take the time to, or usually don't take the time to kind of figure out how we're put together and how all this works, or in some cases, doesn't work. And mindfulness is a means by which you can begin to make that inquiry. And I'm telling you, it's by far and away the most important thing. Uh, you know, aside from, you know, get, taking care of your health, uh, it's the most important thing that you can do to improve the quality of your life. And it's kind of funny that you're bringing this up right now. I actually literally maybe an hour ago, right before we started recording this episode, I was meeting with um, a wellness and mindfulness coach over at my university and we were running some tests to kind of help me um, improve my sleeping quality. 
So she hooked me up to a couple of these monitors and she was testing kind of uh, my heart rate and we we're doing some breathing exercises and whatnot. And it was interesting as we were going through the session, we were talking about different things to be focusing on as I was practicing my breathing. And Brett, as obviously you're the expert in this field. So what does mindfulness have to do with kind of coming into your inner thoughts and your inner feelings and pushing that back out into the world? How, how do you feel about that? Well, uh, that's a, a great question. The, the, and there's a lot of confusion around all of that. The practice of mindfulness is often thought of as something that you just do by yourself. Like you sit down on a cushion or you sit down on your seat or wherever you are and you pay attention to your thoughts, your feelings, your breath, whatever kind of method you're using. Very frequently, uh, there are about oh, three or four kind of what you might call standard uh, mindfulness practices. And one of them is uh, you sit down and you simply pay attention to your breath, like breathing in and out. How's it, what's it feel like to breathe the air into your lungs? You feel your, your you know, chest expanding or your you know, stomach area expanding and just what's the quality of the air? What's the temperature of the, all of that? Just really being present with your physical sensation. And that's the key to be in touch with your physical sensation. And now what happens when that, when you do that, and if you, if you just sit down and you said, okay, I'm game, I'm going to try that. After about, oh, 10 seconds, <laughs> maybe 30, maybe a minute, if you're really good, uh, you, you forget that that's what you sit down to do. And you, and you start thinking about, oh, I've, I've got to do this. I got to do that. I got to test. I got an excitement. I've got to fix my car. Whatever's on your mind, you know, starts to take over because you just run out of the juice that it takes to pay attention. And so when you do that, you just, you lose yourself in your thoughts, right? Or you kind of just drift away. Right. Because you're and that way, your your thoughts, you just kind of get carried away. You're in your, we might say you're in your thought, you're, you're daydreaming, you're imagining stuff. And that's fine. You just can't focus, really. Yeah, you're not watching anymore. You're just think you're just thinking about stuff. Normal every day, what some people call the, tr the awaking trance, you're just awake, but you're not really paying attention. Now, if you do that for long enough, what happens is an interesting thing neurologically. You, you sat down to actually watch your breath and you lost the ability to do that because you used up whatever attention capacity you had. And when you relax around paying attention, that capacity regenerates. And when enough of it comes back, you suddenly go, oh, I forgot to pay attention to my breathing. And you, and that, in that exact moment, that very exact moment is the moment that you become mindful. You realize, I am no longer watching. So there's a you that's watching, and there's a you that becomes aware. And you make an intention to come back to paying attention. So there's all the criteria for being mindful right there, being on purpose, um, being in the moment, and you're not judging it. That's the the fact the elements of John Kabat-Zinn's definition, who was kind of considered the, you know, the father or grandfather, I suppose, these days of, of modern mindfulness. And so that's, that's the short story about the practice. But what I was going to say is that it doesn't stop there. Once you start interacting with the world, you start talking to people, 
not only just can you do it whenever you're watching your breath or you're paying attention to some physical aspect of your sensation, but you can also notice what's going on when you're interacting with other people. Notice what's going on when you're driving down the, down the street, when you're walking, when you're skateboarding, whatever you're doing, you know, paying attention to what is your, I'm going to use a, a buzzword here, somatic experience, your body-based experience. Very powerful stuff. If I could cut you off there for a second too, Brett, it's, I think that's something, especially in my generation right now, a lot of the kids going to college and heck, obviously everyone deals with it to some extent, but how can we focus on this mindfulness practice more in our daily life where it gives us the ability to be present, where we can realize the different sensations we're having when we're either laying down, we're working, we're talking with other people, we're engaging with them or recognize the blessings we have in that moment. Do you have any tips on how we can kind of focus on that a little bit more? Because like you said, oftentimes it's our bodies, our minds, we start straying and then it's hard to get back on track. Yeah, exactly so. And so it's very much like I, um, let me back up for just a second. What I would suggest for a lot of people and in, with my clients and my trainings are not so much I, I should say the standard prescription for that is to sit down and do a mindfulness meditation every day for some period of time that works. And if it's good, if you can do it great these days though, I think it's a lot more effective or, and there's a lot of more science coming out, coming out about uh, around what you might call micro practices. And those, those practices are just very brief things that you could do in the moment that don't require you clearing your desk, turning off your phone, sitting down, turning out the lights, you know, being undisturbed for a period of time. But instead, they're just moments where you you bring yourself to mindful awareness. And you can build in little rituals in your life so that you wind up being uh, having, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 or more even little moments in your in your day where you on purpose decide to be mindful. And it really, really adds a lot of value. I really appreciate the words that you just described that with, because as you were saying it, I was catching myself drifting into that state of mindfulness where I was engaging in the conversation. And hopefully everyone here listening on the episode today was kind of engaging in that as well. And Brett, if you could offer some sort of recommendation, imagine there's a lot of listeners out here who have never heard anything about mindfulness. Where would it good place for them be to start? Well, there are a million, million resources out there for learning how to begin a practice. If you want to learn to do a mindfulness meditation, I have a, a basic one that's only about five or six minutes long on my website at um, bretthill.coach. There's also uh, a whole lot of uh, resources out there. UCLA, has a mindfulness research center called Mindfulness Awareness Research Center, MARC, that's run by Diane, and I'm, I'm spacing on her last name, but she's a, an amazing woman and has written several books. Um, and they have a, an app and they have a lot of meditations. Uh, it's There's no shortage of mindful meditations out there, Insight Timer, Headspace, or apps also that do a lot of this kind of thing as well that people find quite useful. Well, perfect. Yeah, there's a lot of good resources out there. I know um, YouTube, of course, <laughs> the father of all yeah, knowledge, right, Google, exactly, YouTube, right. there's, there's a million yeah. different things. But 
Um, it really is important because it's something that I feel like it's just now starting to get on the brink of being talked about kind of in daily life. For a while there, people, you know, it wasn't something anyone talked about. Nobody knew what it was. Then for a while there, it was, especially if you're a guy, a lot of times it was seemed as not macho, I guess you could call it, to uh, yeah. discuss these sorts of things. But how can we start, I guess, as a society, as individuals, Brett, how do you think we could start changing our viewpoints on that and recognize that it's something that we all need to practice inside of our lives? Well, the first is to begin to practice and and actually bring more mindful awareness and presence into your daily life. So this has to be more than something you do uh, in 10 or 15 minute bursts. It has to be something you bring into your day-to-day interactions in the world. And I can't stress that enough that we're not talking about, you know, I sometimes use a piano practice as, as an analogy because people, you know, in terms of like, if you want to learn to play the piano, you don't sit down uh, for 30 minutes or an hour once a week and practice, you know, that's just not going to get you there. You're going to get a little better, but you're not really going to, you know, learn that much that fast. You need to have consistent, persistent practice, better to do 15 minutes or 20 minutes a day than to do a whole bunch at one time. So there's that, that boils down to, you know, repetition is more important than duration. And so you, it's important to keep doing even small practices. When you do that, then you want to bring these mindful moments into your day-to-day life. So, so here's, here's a practice that I have. Uh, when someone says, how are you doing? Very frequently, I use that as a cue to be mindful. They say, how are you doing? And it's, and I may or may not let them know or do it in a way where they can tell. But what's happening inside is I'm actually checking in. How am I doing? Oh, am I upset? Am I busy? Am I upset? nervous, anxious, peaceful, ecstatic, excited? Whatever it is, it's not right or wrong. It's just being present with the truth of my moment. And, and so I, that's a practice I call letting the world come to you. When someone says, Hey, how you doing? And they may or may not be expecting a, a you know a real answer. Probably just expecting the typical like, "Oh, I'm doing good. How are you?" You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And I may give that to them depending on the circumstances, but I might actually you know check in and give them a a, a really truthful, "Yeah, I'm doing really well," versus, "Oh, I'm fine." You know, just glib and not really connected to anything. And oh my God, aren't we just sick of like having conversations where people aren't connected to things? It's just like all on the surface. So, you know, go, go deep. This is, if anything else, mindfulness is a call to go deep and to stay there as much as you can, because there's no reason not to, you know, this, it's like, there's so much juice and, and aliveness in even simple interactions. If you're willing to be present for it. As you were just mentioning, you need to kind of create a better connection. You need to actually dig deeper into conversations and whatnot. Is that something you feel like a lot of people nowadays struggle with? They don't make connections with others? Or is that something we just don't practice enough? How, how do we increase it in our lives? Oh, my God. Yeah, I think we're, we're, we're dying on the vine because we don't have enough connections, legit, real, you know, nourishing connections with people. And uh, some of it is that we just don't know how, 
And other parts of it is that we might be a little afraid to because we're so inexperienced with it in, in a certain way. The culture that we're in does not encourage it. You know, everything's fast, everything's quick, everything's, you know, emoji abbreviated. And I'm not down on that at all. I'm just saying that the impact of doing that all the time does not take you into the depth of um, connection where you're really, really feeling connected to someone on a, in a human way, up, what I call up and down the stack. I'm a technologist, so I think about you know the, phys- the physical layer, the emotional layer, the spiritual layer, the mental layer, all of that is it? is available to to you to use as a resource in your life with people. And if you're mindful, you can be aware of how all that's playing or not when you interact with people. Very simple things like um, when, when I'm checking out at a grocery store or something, I'm taking time. I'm taking even just a moment to look, really use my eyes and look at the cashier. And ask myself, you know, what's, what's the quality of their moment like? You know, what's their day like? Who, who is this person? So when they say, hey, how are you doing? And I'm doing my, you know, letting the world come to you thing. And I'm going, hey, I'm really good. And then I'll say, and I really mean it, how about you? And there's a little something extra in my question, you know, because I'm actually connected to kind of really looking at this person. Mm-hmm. And they can tell. And they'll look up and they'll smile and, they, and just briefly and they'll go, I'm doing really well. Thank you for asking. You'll get these most gracious thank yous because they feel seen in a role where they see 300 faces a day and hardly anybody actually ever really sees them. And it's a real gift that you can give people and you can do that all day long. You know what you're just saying, Brett, it kind of reminds me actually of something I've been discussing with my friends for a little bit now. I don't know if you've ever been on a hike and you've been kind of just cruising down the trail and every once in a while you'll pass somebody who's going the opposite way on the hike. If you're going up, they're going down. If you're going down, they're going up. And me and my friends have talked about this for a while now. It's so interesting because as you're hiking, hikers, I'm convinced are some of the nicest people in the world. Let me just throw that out there first of all. But as you're going up or as you're going down and you pass these certain people, it's very often where you'll say, hey, how are you doing as you cross paths or, hey, you're almost there. Hey, good luck. You know, you just you just give a quick, simple um, greeting to one another. And the, the point I wanted to make here is I noticed this with one of my friends as we were hiking one day. We were going up this trail and somebody was coming down and I said, hey, how are you doing? And they said hi back and they said good. And then immediately, right when they responded, they looked straight at the ground. They broke our eye contact that we had for a split second, and they just went right back to looking at the ground to avoid eye contact. And at first, I was thinking, oh, that's very interesting. I wonder if they were just making sure they weren't tripping or anything like that on the trail. But then I tested that theory with the next couple people we kept passing. Every single person we kept passing, we'd ask them how they were doing. They would respond with the affirmative good, like everyone does. And then they go back to looking straight at the ground to avoid eye contact. And I think the reason I'm bringing this story up is because it kind of connects back to what you're saying with that cashier as you're checking out. You gave them the time of the day to actually look into their eyes, you know, ask them if they're doing all right. And then, like you said, they could feel that difference. And I really think that dives into the concept of it's listening beyond somebody's story. It's not just the simple, hey, how are you doing? I'm doing good. 
but no, you're digging deeper into it. How do you feel about that? Absolutely. That's, and people, people are uncomfortable sometimes when they feel seen and, um, not, they're not necessarily ready for that or they aren't sure if it's okay. And so because you're just passing, um, it's easy to just kind of say, well, I'm not even going to go there. Right. And when people don't feel connected to their own core in a way, and somebody looks at you, you might feel a little vulnerable because, Oh, maybe they see how, who I am, or I don't know how I feel about that. And, and so, you know, you can, it's easy just to look away and walk away and not think anything of it. There's no, no, not take any risks. Someone else though, who maybe had had a little more mindfulness training and was a little more comfortable in their skin, so to speak, might look right back at you and go, I'm doing great. Thank you. And really connect to their self. And then you have, um, then you've been met kind of where you're at. And, and that feeling is really, really, really good. So I'm not judging this other person who didn't who look down. It's like, that's fine. That's what they want to do. That's what they need to do for themselves. Then great. But uh, it's great whenever you can be met. And that's, but there's no possibility of being met unless at least one side of the conversation is open. And then there's, a, that's basically an invitation, right? And so that's, that's the value of it is that not only that, you don't know the impression that you're making by, at, by doing these high quality greetings with people. Maybe they're walking away going, wow, that was really nice. I, you know, I wish there was more warmth like that in the world. Absolutely. And maybe they're not thinking anything at all. Maybe they're thinking about their taxes or the hike or their blister on the bottom of their foot. Who knows, you know, but um, at least there's the possibility of planting a seed there. And that's all you could really ask for. I mean, obviously, every single conversation you ever have, it's not going to be the most life-changing one. Um, there's your day-to-day. -day, there's the simple things you just need to get off your chest. There's the simple conversations you need to have. But I think you're exactly right. Sometimes you need to plant those seeds where people can recognize that, hey, somebody does recognize who I am and I could do that for somebody else. And then you get this kind of um, train effect where it just keeps passing from cart to cart or person to person. And hopefully it just keeps continuing to grow and um, we could all influence each other for the better and make people actually feel connected and loved. Well, exactly. And we need, we need models for that. That's the, that's why I'm a coach and that's why I try to help people because, you know, in my role, it's important to be a, a model in some way. I don't mean like, oh my God, you're, you know, let's be like Brett, but it's more like let's interact with people who are mindful, at least trying to be uh, so that we see. And when you experience that, it has an impact on you just as, just as if you were interacting with somebody who was angry or upset, that has an impact on you. And when you interact with somebody who's calm and peaceful and grounded, that has an impact on you. Now, which of those impacts would you prefer? Generally, people prefer the calmer, the calmer, more grounded one. And, and so if people walk away, wow, you know, I really like that feeling. You know, I would, I would want more of that in myself and in the world. Well, be that. Take the actions to do the work it takes to be that. And there are specific actions that you can take to have more of that in, in your inner world. And then if people meet you, great. And if they don't, it still doesn't change who you are. And Brett, how would you go about starting that process? I know you've mentioned some of the websites and different resources you can use specifically, but as you're going and you're trying to navigate through these conversations, you're trying to navigate, diving in deeper with the stories and whatnot, what are some approaches you would take to start off that experience? 
it's important to, um, as, as you mentioned, that I mentioned, <laughs> to begin, to begin the practice intentionally and decide, I am going to add more mindful moments to my life. Right. Just, you know, it's like I'm going to get a degree, right? I'm going to take, go to the school. I'm going to sit in the class. I'm going to learn the stuff. I'm going to get the certificate. All right. In the same way you, you say, I'm going to have more mindful moments in my life because I want to be a happier, calmer, more peaceful, integrated human being. And I want to facilitate that on the planet. And what could be more important than that? Right. So what do you do when you make that decision? The number one thing, as I mentioned before, is to, if you can, and not everybody can do this, is to develop some sort of contemplative practice. Now, that can be uh, yoga, that can be uh, meditation, but it needs to be some kind of time that you carve out to simply be with your inner experience in a non-judgmental present way. There's, there's, there's multiple layers to that. One is just because it's therapeutic just to bear witness to yourself. Um uh, and just as a little segue, like the one, the, a therapist that I worked with, who's uh, just this master class guy, he'll open our sessions. He'll say, so just take your time, take a breath and just really be present with what's it like to be breath today? What's it like to be breath? And he'll just say it just like that. And just really sets me back. It's like, oh my God. I mean, I mean, back in a good way. It's like I back up and I go, what is it like to be walking around in my shoes in this moment? And all the things that are bothering me sort of light up, and all the things that I'm liking, they all kind of light up. And suddenly I'm I feel like I'm in the center of, you know, the hurricane of my life. And um I can be in a much more um, Re, uh, resilient place because rather than be in the periphery and the whirl of it all, I'm in the center of it watching. And it's still a lot, but I'm, but I'm not in it. I'm, I'm watching and I'm feeling. It's not like I'm disconnected, a disconnected entity watching from a distance, you know, I'm, I'm in the middle of it experiencing these things I'm thinking of, all the anxiety, all the suffering, whatever. There Going is. through all the emotions. <laughs> yeah, all of it. Let them all be there, right? And just like whatever is true, they kind of pop up for me one at a time, like, oh, I'm happy about this. Oh, there's this, and oh, there's this. But I just let whatever is true be there. Just go, yeah, that's a fact. I'm, I'm worried about that. I'm worried about this other thing. Those are big deals for me. Or, uh, and then, of course, the good stuff, and I'm really happy. that. But so just kind of taking inventory and letting the truth of my life, good and bad, just simply be so. And I don't have to do anything about it. I don't have to make it good or bad. It just simply is true. And being present with that, I don't know. There's some kind of really, really super empowering um, state that that you can enter into when you do that kind of work. Just now, the, so the question is, how do you approach those things? So that was my little segue. I was talking about uh, these micro practices. So one of them is like when people say hi to you or how you do it. Take a moment and check. Another one I I do um, is uh, I'm try to mindfully make myself a cup of coffee, and by that I mean just very very. Not slowly, but with a whole lot of presence. Maybe meticulously is a good word for it. 
Well, yeah, carefully. It's kind of like just noticing every motion. Like I'm going to reach for the coffee filter now. Here's the cup. It feels like this. It has this kind of texture. I'm going to put it in the cup. I'm picking up the cup. It has this kind of weight. I'm going to pour the water. The water feels like I can feel the water pouring. You're just really being with the sensory experience as much as you can. It's almost like I actually do this when I have this one class. I would give everybody like a really big cup of water and have it filled to the brim and say, now walk across the room and don't spill any. So it's like all of a sudden, everybody gets very focused on this glass, right? So you're walking and suddenly it's like everybody's paying really close attention to this is what my balance is like. This is, oh, look, there's a wave in the cup. I don't want it to spill. They got their hand on the cup. Suddenly everybody's sensory world comes alive. And they're not thinking anymore because they're focused, right? So it's that kind of thing. It's like focusing on each individual move, one motion at a time. And you can add moments like that all through your day. Another one is like taking a shower, really, really being present with the experience of the water running, you know, hitting you and running down your skin, which is a very sensitive, you know, organ and, uh, and letting yourself really feel that. What's it feel like? It's a really quite a sensation if you just let yourself have it. Right. Um, I know that's something we all need to practice a little bit more strongly inside of our lives. It's something that as we engage more of our senses and as we recognize more of the process going on inside of just the little things we do, obviously the big things as well, but it, it really does breathe and start from the little things. Just like you mentioned with the piano example, you can either do 30 minutes to an hour one day a week, or you can do small minute increments every day. And which one's going to have the greater value? If we start doing little things and we start practicing them more and more, I think that's where we're going to see the bigger difference. And that's how we're going to be able to be that example. Exactly so. And just, you know, just summarize, it's like, um, there's a saying that I have, because where's all this go? It's like, you can have these great moments, but then you get under stress right? So stress happens a lot in our lives. And if you want to be more mindful under stress, you have to practice when you're not. And that's the bottom line. You have to like actually, you know, if you, if you want to play the piano in performance, you don't wait till the performance to start practicing. You, and so you, you're doing all these practices and then somebody comes up to you and says something that's, you know, backhanded or off color or insulting. And instead of reacting, you, you, you notice that you want to react. You notice you want to say something maybe hurtful and you don't. And you go, oh, I'm noticing everything in my body wants to be reactive. That is that now that now you've got real freedom. Because now you can choose how you want to respond. So in the end, mindfulness is really about personal choice. It's about increasing your ability to make better choices rather than be on automatic. Now, Brett, before you completely close out on that topic, I want to just ask you and for kind of our final segment here on the episode today, regarding mindfulness, if there was one piece of information that you can tell the entire world is say the entire world was listening to this podcast right now in this moment, what would it be? What kind of advice would you leave them and why? 
Well, you know, when you ask me that question, I go really deep. <laughs> I notice I'm closing my eyes and taking a breath. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Getting a little mindful in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that really sent me in. And, and, it, and I just, you know, I just want to say simply, you know, be kind to yourself and persist, you know, persist, keep practicing, but above all, just simply be kind. You know, a lot of people suffer from voices that they've adopted from their upbringing. They're kind of mean, like you're not good enough and you'll never make it. And you're not, you know, no matter what you do, it never works out and you'll never get the job you want. You'll never have the relationship. You know, there's a whole lot of inner voices in our, in people's um, psyches that are really undermining and um, I, I would say violent in a way. And I just want to say to people who are experiencing those kinds of things to take a breath, <laughs> look at the sky, notice how beautiful it is, because that beauty is a reflection of you. And when you really, really get present with that, it changes your world. Well, thank you for that, Brett. I know as we continue to strive to be more present and mindful in our daily conversation and conversations and tasks, we actually are going to start noticing the small differences that we need in our lives to make us happier, more peaceful, more relaxed, ditch that anxiety and stress behind us. So thank you for everything you said um, here on the podcast today. Because it's my privilege. Thank you. Guys, if you want to check out more of Brett's information, link down in the description of today's episode. I'm going to have his Facebook, his website, and in any ways you can reach out to him. Make sure to give him a thank you over there. And if you have any questions, he'd be happy to get in contact with you. Guys, thank you for listening to today's episode. If you know anyone who could benefit from hearing the words of Brett and I today, make sure to send them this episode link. It helps me grow the podcast and it helps Brett continue to grow his audience as well. If for any reason you would love to leave us a positive review, that also would make my day. And guys, as we close out today's episode, just remember, it'll all be okay. Just take a step back and continue practicing mindfulness inside of your daily life.